Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Prophets and Prana podcast. My name is Esme. I'm a yoga teacher and a business coach to purpose-driven, soulful entrepreneurs. I'm all about helping you create your prosperous B-I-Z. Today, I am speaking with Kaylin Asher, and I'm so excited to bring you this interview. Kaylin is a sought-after clarity coach who has been featured in Business Insider, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur on Fire, The Suitcase Entrepreneur, Mind Body Green, Yoga Journal, and even Gaim TV. She is the founder of Clarity Radio, the host of Clarity Confessions, and was the 2014 Gold Stevie Award winner for the coveted title of Young Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Kaylin is all about getting clarity and focus in your business so you can really dive deep into what it is you need to be doing that will light you up, that will create a business that serves, that will also be profitable. So today, make sure you get out a pen and a piece of paper and tune into this episode fully focused because what we are about to go over is stuff that you are not going to want to miss. So without any further ado, let's get right to the episode. Kaylin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I'm delighted that you're here. Oh, so happy to be here, Esme. Thanks for having me. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more than what we went over in the intro? Sure, of course. So um, as you know, I am a clarity coach uh, for women entrepreneurs. Uh, What you might not know is that this business is pretty new for me. It's only about a year old at this time, um, but I have been an entrepreneur for nearly a decade. And the thing that finally catapulted me forward and brought me the success that I'm now enjoying in my current business was finding what I like to call business clarity. And it was that all those pieces that weren't jiving before of what I'm supposed to be doing, who I'm supposed to be serving, how I'm supposed to be serving them finally came together in my business. And I'm doing what I really love to be doing. And the really cool thing is that the momentum has totally shifted. So I'm working just three days a week. I have four day weekends with my adorable daughter and my husband. And I love teaching other women how to create not just a business that they love, but a real a lifestyle that they adore. It's really what I'm passionate about. And I think what you were, you mentioned about the clarity has helped shift your momentum is something that a lot of people are really going to be interested in because who wants to work seven days a week? Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And I think the concept of clarity though is really interesting one because when we think of gaining momentum in our business, that's not usually where we go to mentally and that's not usually the strategy that we want to implement. So how is it that clarity has helped you shift so much and create momentum at the same time, but also while working less? Yeah, yeah. So it's a really interesting formula. For so long, I was all about action. Like, let's just keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. And there was this really, I mean, even in my voice, just saying it, there was this masculine kind of pushing that kept happening of like, I will beat this business. (laughs) I will make it happen. And that's totally didn't feel good. And the thing that I was missing was this foundational piece before you move into action, you need to know what the plan is. We need a vision. We need a sense for a sense of where we're going. Our vision serves as our destination. And so that's the first piece of clarity that we need. Like what exactly are we building? Why are we building it? You know, getting clear on those whys. And once we have that, the next piece that I've found was 
pivotal for me was addressing my mindset. After nearly a decade of minor successes and a lot of failures, <laughs> it was a really tough place to believe in myself and not let that self-doubt stop me or cripple my efforts or stifle me. And so mindset is another huge piece of the clarity factor. And then the final piece is the plan of action, the plan of feel good action, because we're at a place then of having this clear vision and clearing our mindset blocks where we're really ready to move forward in an inspired way, not in a, a pushing kind of forceful way. I like the way you, you put it, feel good action. I yeah. think people associate taking action in their business with something that has to be forced and unpleasant. And, oh, I just have to do this so I can get it done and then I can get what I really want. And so what what is it that makes something a feel good action? Is it about the mindset that you have going into it or is there a certain attribute to the action itself? I think it has to feel in alignment with who you are. I mean, I have women who say, oh, should I be posting on, sharing on Twitter? Should I be on this social network? Should I send out a weekly newsletter? And the answer is maybe. Like, would that feel good for you? Would that feel in alignment with who you are and what you're doing as a business owner and where you picture yourself heading? There are people who have built businesses in all different ways. And so it's not that there's any one formula, like, step one, step two, step three, but there are certain elements that need to come together and kind of create this momentum, like we were saying before, that moves you forward in your business. And so when I work with the women that, uh, that I coach, it's really essential that we define what feels good for her because her version of success in business is not necessarily mine and it's not necessarily someone else's. So that vision piece is really essential because it makes a difference. Is she looking to work part-time or full-time? Is she looking to take on three clients or 30 clients? You know, And is she looking to make 5,000 a month or 50,000 a month? Those things all factor in. And once we know what the vision is and what feels right for her, then the action is in alignment because we're able to design it around what is precisely necessary for the business she's trying to build. But when you're trying to get that clarity on, mm -hmm. on what kind of business that you want and whether you want your 5,000 or your 50,000 months, it's so easy, I think, for a lot of women who are getting started with their business to try to emulate another mm. successful woman in business. I mean, I have the biggest crush in the world on Danielle Laporte, for example. Yes. And, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> oh, God, she's amazing. And when I was getting started, I, I devoured everything that she put out and I like reverse engineered her emails. And, and it just, in the end, it, it obviously, it's her business, not my business. So that doesn't mm. work for me. But I think a lot of women fall into that trap of, you know, here's a successful woman. I want to be a successful woman, so I'm going to emulate the actions that this other woman has taken. And so when you're working with clients to get that clarity and figure out what their vision is, how are you able to do it in a way that doesn't just involve them wanting to copycat someone else? Yeah, completely. That's a great question. So the thing is, is that, and you said it yourself, you were copying her actions and her actions are in alignment with her and her business. And so what we do when we're at that vision state is we dial it really far back. Like it's not about that 
it's really not that much about the business at all. It's so much about the lifestyle. Like how, how much do you want to be working? How many clients do you want to be working with? Do you picture yourself at home in yoga pants without makeup on like I am right now? <laughs> or do you picture yourself in this really glamorous office and, you know, with all your little team members around you where you're really this like CEO of this powerful company and it's all play. I mean, it's, it, our business is constantly changed. So it's not necessarily, you need to have this concrete vision that you then, you know, dedicate yourself to um, and push yourself towards, but to start playing with what feels right for you. And, and we do that, like I said, by exploring those lifestyle elements that would feel good. I mean, do you want a business that at the end of the day, your day's ending at five o'clock or do you love burning the midnight oil and working into the late hours and getting up or getting up early in the morning? Do you want time for a yoga practice or, you know, to get massages and to really play with all those things that make the vision really juicy for you? And then we start looking at, okay, well, it looks like you want to have an automated piece to your business. And right now you are working so heavily one-on-one -on -one with clients how can we start bringing some automation into this? Or you've developed this really great system with your clients. How can we translate that into a group experience? So you can work with a multiple of women or a multiple of clients at one time, moving them through the same system. And so once we have a sense of, of what's right for them, and yes, sometimes I do ask them, who do they admire? Why do they admire them? What are the elements of that? Because that's an important factor too. I mean, looking at Danielle Laporte, she is such a creative soul. And so if there's something in that that speaks to you, that lets me know that you don't want a cookie cutter kind of business. You want something that is a complete, is, gives you complete freedom. And if you want to sell jewelry, you're going to be selling jewelry. And if you want to be writing books, you're writing books. And if you want to, you know, send out little audio nuggets of wisdom, you're going to be doing that. And, and that is helpful as long as we don't get, think that's the only way to get there if we, by copying someone who's, who's done it a certain way. And I think that's really where a lot of people get stuck. You know, they have this, this ultimate vision, like you said, you know, they don't want a cookie cutter business. They want something where they could make jewelry or they could write books, you know, whatever it is that moves them at the time. But they start noticing these other businesses around them and that's not the way that they're being done. And I think it's really easy for us to fall into this comparison trap of, well, I really want to be successful. So that means I have to do it this way because that is what has clearly been working. Mm -hmm. and it's, I think a really disheartening experience for a lot of people because they get this, this voice and believe me, I've had this voice too, where you're like, well, if I'm going to be successful, I have to get up at four in the morning because all these other successful people, they're getting up mm -hmm. at four in the morning. And when, I think when you try to force yourself, it just, it won't work. And that can spill it over into your personal life and your business. And I think whatever it is that you're trying to force, whether it's getting up at four in the morning or whether it's having a structured business in an office when you'd rather be at home in yoga pants, mm -hmm. I mean, you get this stuckness that really prevents your growth, but also makes people not necessarily want to work with you either because they, they get the sense of resistance. Yes, I totally agree. I think 
finding out as best you can what's authentic for you. And that's a constantly shifting thing. And the clarity that I had when I first started my business is not the level or the depth of clarity that I have now. Sometimes we just have a little glimmer of it and we start putting ourselves out there. And it's, it's an exploration and it's an evolution. And we need to give ourselves permission to start where we're at with what we've got and be okay with that because Danielle Laporte didn't start where she start is right now. Marie Forleo, you know, all these women that we're looking to with these massively beautiful brands are only there because of, I think in both their cases, decades <laughs> of consistency and of committing to doing, doing the work of, of getting themselves to a place where they were feeling really good about their businesses and putting themselves out there. And so to remember that, we have to be okay with wherever we are in that journey and that all along the way, the journey has to align with the destination of wherever it is that we're hoping to head. Yes. Unfortunately, it's a very scary process and does take mindset work, as you mentioned earlier. Totally. Not everybody is, is there mentally yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, you really have to fortify yourself and it's, it's something that I deal with regularly. I'm in the middle of a, a launch of my group program right now, and I have bulked up my mindset practice like no other. It's like I am doing multiple meditations a day. I am reading all of all of my books that pile on my my bed my bedside table on my nightstand. I turn to them. I've been journaling like crazy because I know that I have to have to stay in that really good place in order to enroll this program with the women I'm hoping to get into it. And, and I think it's really important for us to realize that I think no matter where you are in the game, there's always going to be those, those moments of doubt and those moments where you question yourself and that it's not just because you're new and your business is new. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. It's just human nature, but the more you can support yourself and care for yourself and do things that are really nurturing every step of the way because you are your business when you're an entrepreneur. Um, It's not a luxury to give those things to yourself, whatever you're needing, a a walk, time away from your computer, a hot shower, a nap. (laughs) You know, sometimes those things are more essential than sending that additional email. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's something I've really, really struggled with over the years. And I want to be that person who works 14 hours a day because it feels really good. I get like this rush from it, but it depletes me. And Mm. I think a lot of people fall into this, this trap when they're starting a business of, I have to put in these crazy hours. I have to sacrifice my sleep. I've got no time for my daily walk. I can't go to yoga. I have no time to even, you know, sit and read a book before bed. And too quickly you get burned out and then you can't do the things in your business that you need to do. And in your case, you have time for all of those and you're only working about three days a week. Mm -hmm. Your amazing four day weekends, I think pretty much everybody wants. (laughs) And so I want to talk about how you managed to pull that off. So I checked out your, uh, your download where you help people map their ideal day. So yes. They can make the schedule, you have the A week and the B week. And would you explain to our listeners how that works and why the A week and the B week is so important if you really want to get down to a three day a week work schedule? Sure. So 
obviously I am working on a condensed time frame. So in order to do that effectively, I found that batching is really essential. And so when I'm when I'm working with clients, and, and that's another thing, I work for four months, I work with clients for four months at a time, and I enroll clients two times a year. So I have women moving concurrently through this four-month program, um, and then I have time off between it for creation and, and things like that. But during that coaching time, I do have an A-week where I'm coaching one week, and then the next week, I'm not coaching. So all of my clients are on a bi-weekly coaching schedule, and they're all on the same bi-weekly coaching schedule so that I have, I can really get into that space because there's a certain energy that you need to bring into coaching and a certain mindset. Um, I can be in that for that A week. And then on the B week, I'm able to take care of all the other pieces of my business that need taking care of. I, I make sure I get in some outreach and networking with other entrepreneurs. I spend time on marketing. Um, I spend time on development, you know, personal development and business development. If there's any training programs I'm moving through and obviously connecting with new potential clients and, and things like that so that the business keeps growing. So I found for me that works really, really well. If I was coaching every single week and my schedule during those coaching periods was completely inundated with clients, I would have absolutely no room or no energy and no creativity left to create anything else in my business. But having that space between the sessions, it, not, it, it serves me and it also serves my clients. They love having that, um, that extra breadth of time to implement the things we've been discussing on our calls. Um, and I found that it, it functions beautifully um, for people that are looking to consolidate their work week down because you're, it's, like I said, it's that batching, which I'm sure you've heard before as a, as a technique for time management, but it allows you to do it in a slightly different way on the, the week-to-week basis, which is really, really nice. So I love that you're using batching. I do that in my business, not so much with my coaching, but for all of my content creation and all of my social media I batch and that that's exactly what I'm doing with this podcast. So I've got a two week recording window for all of season two of this podcast. And then I don't have to try and record a podcast every week. That's what I try to do in the beginning. It doesn't work. Yeah, It's just, it takes so much out of me to do that and to be in that space as, as you mentioned. And my clients in my coaching practice they tend to want that that extra week. So some of them have, have started to create that schedule for themselves. Mm. We're meeting every week and then they're like, you know, can we can we take this week off? Can we move move our session because you know I just haven't had the time or the energy or whatever the reason is. And so I have some people who are starting to to move themselves that way. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that your clients themselves like having that extra space. Yes. And I, I've also found it's, it serves some other benefits too. It, it takes those eight sessions, which normally would be a two month package and creates a four month package. And yes, there's more time involved, you know, if you're offering email support or something like that, but that can all be factored into the price. Um, but it also provides for an extension for payments too. If you have people that are looking to work with you and maybe it's a stretch to pay in full um, or thinking about two monthly payments would be too much. You can extend it out 
and it's still all within the scope of your coaching. So it's, it's actually a really nice solution if you're finding that, you know, a certain package isn't selling. It might just be too, too tight and too jam-packed for people. They need a little more space, a little more breathing room. I think that's a really good thing to consider. I, I know that I, I need breathing room too. And I'm extroverted, but I'm probably the most introverted extrovert you're ever going to meet. So <laughs> I can't be on all the time to help serve other people. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah, I think it does for everybody. And, um, and the more we honor that, you know, that balance of the kind of like the yin and yang of it. Um, I think the, the happier we are on all fronts, business and personal. Now you've been, you mentioned that you're working on changing into a group format. Are you taking your four month program with the eight sessions and turning that into a group program or is this something else completely that you're developing? Um, The group program is based on the format I've been using in my one-on-one coaching. Um, I've actually distilled it down into a six week program. It has six weekly lessons on, and it's called the business clarity accelerator. So this is something that um, I've created for women who are looking for a quicker transformation and and would like that group support and accountability. Um, And it is, like I said, based on the methodology that I developed with my, my clients in the one-on-one format. So I'm making sure I'm hitting all those foundational pieces and, um, yeah, I'm enrolling that right now, which is really exciting. I ran it as a pilot back in the spring, and, and now it's, it's out there to the world. <laughs> That's not a good feeling, though, when, when you can put something like that out there. It's kind of nerve-wracking, but exciting at the same time. It is. It has been a, a high and low kind of week, and I'm, I'm also pregnant right now, so the emotions have been all over the place. Oh, congratulations, though. Thank you so much. So I feel you on the emotion side of it, though. That can be really challenging just to keep your focus mm-hmm. at the same time. And when when you're having those those emotional days and your business is maybe feeling like it's going up and down a little bit, do you find that your biweekly schedule is helpful or hurtful for for those types of, of transitions in your business? I find that it's helpful. I think, like we were saying before, having the space to work through things is really essential. Um, and right now, I'm actually not coaching. I'm going to be enrolling my group, my um, one-on-one after the group program concludes. So I, I'm in that place of space right now between, um, which has been really helpful because obviously gearing up for a launch is uh, is very time-consuming. So I think in some ways the the space between the coaching um the coaching periods are is a little tougher because i don't have as much contact with my clients and and sometimes you feel like you're just in your little entrepreneurial hole <laughs> creating things and and looking for that um that connection but i really i like having the um those biweekly sessions to come back to and it's it's nice you know you get that that extroverted week of working with your clients and getting you know, that really high energy going and working through stuff with them. And then you can kind of take some of, because I often notice that my clients often are hitting on certain, certain themes or certain issues at the same time. And then I'm able to take that and then write blog posts about it and brainstorm product ideas around it and kind of have that interim week um, to, to generate content within my business. And then I'm back to my clients. So it feels it's a working it's a working balance for me right now. It feels feels good, um, 
and I have no doubt that things will evolve moving forward, but right now it's functioning really well. All right. I think you've sold me on the bi-weekly thing. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you have a really good work-life balance and Mm -hmm. it sounds like that's only really possible because you're doing it bi-weekly. I, I don't know, honestly, how I would get done what I need to get done in a three-day work week and serve the number of clients I'm serving if I was trying to talk to them every single week. I just, I, I wouldn't be the best coach I could be, honestly. And I think that's a really important consideration when people are, are mapping out their ideal business and their ideal days. So it, it's tempting to pour all of yourself into it. But if you don't take the time to refresh and recharge and do the things that you need in order to grow your business, how are you really able to effectively serve? Mm, Exactly. And you had a feature in Business Insider recently, which I think is awesome. And you were something that really stuck out to me when I was reading this is that you're not waiting around for perfection. And so many people, myself included, really struggle with perfection. And it, this year, I, my mantra is, done is better than perfect. Mm. <laughs> because I otherwise will wait until it is perfect. And then it doesn't get done or it takes too long. And is that something that was easy for you to come to terms with, of just putting things out there? Or was perfectionism something that you were really struggling with before? You know, I honestly, for many, many, many years, would have called myself a perfectionist. I mean, I was a, I was a type A, straight A student. <laughs> I was, you know, always really, really focused on being the very best and the top of my class and, you know, all of those markers that I think a lot of us um, strive for. I, at least a lot of the women I work with tend to be that type of personality, probably because I draw them <laughs> into my life. <laughs> but I... Um, I think what has served me is that I am a, a quick worker and I love creating. And so when I get an idea for something, I don't like sitting around and mulling it over. I just want to get my hands in it and I want to create it. And I, I do want to make it beautiful and I want to make it worthwhile. But I'm often so forward thinking that by the time I'm wrapping up with one project and putting it out there, there's 15 other things that I've queued up in my, <laughs> my mental pipeline that um, I don't have, I, I don't want to keep playing with it until it's quote unquote perfect, which what does that mean anyway? I'd rather, I'd rather get it out there because there's the next idea I'm even more excited about now. I think that's probably a really good way to stay motivated too. When you have all these things that you want to keep working on. So it's something that that has been an issue for me over the years is, is keeping up that motivation, especially when things aren't seeming to go right. But when I have things that I want to create, it's a lot easier to keep going. Even if I'm looking at the rest of my business going, what the hell am I doing right now? (laughs) I I feel you there. It's um, I think the more permission we can give ourselves to be creative, you know, we can feel so like we need to be so strategic in our businesses. Like, Oh, what's, what are you doing in the way of Facebook ads and what's your marketing strategy? And, And all those pieces are really important and they're worth spending time with and figuring out. But I think ultimately a lot of us came into these businesses that we're building because we wanted more creative freedom. And so giving yourself permission to have that without 
stifling it with with the uh, with the idea of perfection, um, things needing to be perfect. Um, it's really a gift to give yourself. You were mentioning uh, developing automation systems with mm-hmm. a client earlier, and I'm wondering how does that affect your creative freedom? Because I'm all about automated automated mm-hmm. systems in my business, but I know there's a lot of people who, when they hear that idea of automation, they're immediately thinking it's completely hands-off, they're not going to be involved anymore, and maybe that takes away some of the fun or some of the challenge of it. And I, I've heard that from some people that I've worked with. And in my case, I, I find it gives me more space to yes. develop things. But I know it's still something that causes resistance. So have you encountered that with your clients? And how have you helped people work through that to see that you know, automation can be authentic and provide room for creativity? Yeah, I think a great place to start with that is to automate things that you don't like doing. <laughs> if um, if there's certain things in your business that just aren't, that just feel heavy, you know, just energetically, every time it comes up for you, you're like, oh my God, this again. For me, it was Facebook ads. I was just like, I don't want to think about these. I, I mean, as much as I, I love diving into some of the techie stuff in my business, that was not one of them. And so getting a professional to set those up for me and get them working really well and, you know, find, find the rhythm of them for me and just kind of let them go felt really good. It felt so freeing, even though my initial thought was, well, are they going to do it as good as me? Are they going to be in? And it's such a silly thought because they're a Facebook ads expert and I'm a Facebook ads novice, (laughs) but I would say, you know, trying to automate and even just small ways or, maybe automate is too big of a jump, systematize things. Um, That would feel really good. And one of the ways you can be more systematic, which we mentioned already, is batching. So instead of writing one blog post at a time or recording one podcast at a time, if you can do three or five and get a bunch of them together, schedule all of them at once or send them, you know, if you're thinking about hiring a team, send them to your VA or whoever to polish them up and schedule them. Um, That can be a really nice way to start moving in the direction of having more systems, having more automation of certain things and freeing up your time to do things that you like even better. I mean, there's so many really nice shortcuts that you can take um, to, to help you. I mean, even just in the way of scheduling, like if you're doing back and forth emails with your, with your clients or your potential clients to try to find times to connect with one another or schedule calls, even just thinking about getting something like Calendly to do that for you. So you can just send them a link. They can find a time in your calendar and it's completely hands off. Um, that can save you so much time. And I I think a lot of times we think, Oh, that's going to cost me money or that's going to be hard to set up. So we don't even think about it when honestly it just takes a little bit of a learning curve if that and then you have something in place for yourself that frees up your time Uh, I personally couldn't live without things like Calendly Um, I know (laughs) such a time when it works right it's a time saver and I, admittedly, some of that is on my end, you know, because you have to make sure, let's say if you're using something like Calendly, you have to make sure that you block off time on your calendar when you're not available. Like if you're at the doctor, you have to put it in your calendar. So yes. then, and that, you know, stupid mistake that actually happened to me when I first started using <laughs> software. 
But do you have any other tools like that that you think make things a little bit easier, but perhaps don't have as much resistance as full-on automation? Yeah, so I, I've been really enjoying using different things to help me with my social media posts. And so um, obviously you still have to create the content, but when you can use a scheduler to post for you, so you're not constantly having to do it yourself in the moment you're hoping to post it. Um, I just recently switched from Hootsuite to Edgar. And uh, Edgar is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Big cool, fan. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is like so many of the other ones, once you schedule, the posts are over and done. And Edgar, as you know, returns the content if you want it to. So if you have something out there like a blog post you've written that you want to share, not just today, but maybe next week and the week thereafter, and just have it peppered throughout your social media content moving forward, it can do that. So that is so nice. And I know a lot of new entrepreneurs, it's not even something they realize necessarily exists <laughs> that, uh, that you can have so much of that automated for you, but still it, it doesn't feel automated because it's your voice coming through. It is. And so, so many people forget that when they're looking at something like Edgar, it's like, it's still you. It's just, yes. you're not posting when you're in the middle of a client session because it's posting for you. And I think it, it can free up a lot of, of mental energy as well. And something I, I really love about Edgar is I can load up all my podcast episodes, for example, and it will send and then recycle. And mm -hmm. then I, I know that you know what? I've got podcasts that are going to be shared. But for some things, I find uh, Buffer to be a really good... Yes, I use that too. So for Pinterest, Buffer is amazing because otherwise I flood people's feeds when I go on a pin bender and, <laughs> um, and for Facebook groups. So I do a lot of uh, batch work for my social media. And so on Sunday, I usually go through and I schedule for um, some of the groups that I run on Facebook. I schedule posts for the week for things that aren't something that will be recurring, which would be in, in Edgar, of course. Mm -hmm. So why did you suddenly make the jump from Hootsuite? What, what is it about Edgar that attracted you? Was it the recycling was it basically that it's sort of like a, a social media VA without having to actually teach someone how to do it? And because there, there's so many different reasons people seem to come to this software. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I just heard so many good things about it. And honestly, I, I was ready to move from Hootsuite. It's just, I, Edgar didn't even exist when I started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had the, you know, the old clunker of Hootsuite. And, um, and then I had so many people recommend it and say they loved it. And I, I thought the idea of reusing the content, it's like, why hadn't anybody thought of that yet? That's just a fabulous idea. And I also, I, I really like Laura Roeder who created it. I think she's really cool. And I've taken um, years ago, I took back when she was doing more online programs and stuff, I took her creating fame program. And so I also like the idea of supporting her because I think she's up to cool things in the world. She is. And she's got a really fun perspective, too. So I really like uh, listening to podcasts that she's on because she's always got some perspective about a topic that people haven't quite voiced yet. And if they have, then they voiced it somewhere that I haven't heard. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's really cool. I like her a lot. So um, a few things that I want to make sure that we touch on and have time to touch on before we start to wrap up here is I want to talk about your favorite podcast, the current book that you're reading and a profit boosting tip. So if you're ready, I would love to jump into those. Sure, of course. So um, for the podcast, oh, I, 
I really, um, I like Jenny Fanning's um, Get Gutsy podcast. She's really awesome. She's a, a friend of mine and uh, she, she does great things about, you know, teaching women entrepreneurs how to put themselves out there in a really big way. Um, and I also really like Adrienne Dorison. Her, her podcast, her work is great. She's, um, she's a fantastic coach and she, um, she's really helpful, especially for newer entrepreneurs who have small lists, um, helping them have an impact and, and a really successful business even before they reach those, you know, multiple thousands of people on their list uh, milestones, which is, I think, so essential that people realize that they can have a successful business with just a handful of clients. It doesn't need to be this 10K list situation. You can, you can start, like I said before, right where you are with what you've got and still, still find the right people to work with. Yes, yes, definitely. It's it's so tempting when you see, you know, these Facebook ads that come up of like, oh, grow your list to 10,000 people. And I'm like, you know, that sounds great, but are they going to be worthwhile? Is this going to be actually worth my effort? Or should, should I invest that time into helping the people that I have? Because you don't need 10,000 people in order to sell, let's say, five packages. Exactly. <laughs> and so I love that, that you mentioned that she does that in her podcast. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. And I have some people who are, who listen to this podcast who are like, you know, I've only got a hundred people on my list and I don't know what to do with it. Should I bother at all? And, and so I will definitely send her podcast over because I think that's going to be really useful information. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's really empowering to know that you don't necessarily need the huge numbers to, to really change people's lives. And it's so tempting, though, to to chase that big list, you know, and and those big social media numbers, because it, there's like this this myth that oh, I, I'm going to have all of these followers and this big list, and then the money's going to come. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not true. Yes, yeah. I mean, you have to be you have to be cultivating your audience every step of the way. You know, you have to be as authentic in yourself with 40 people as with 4,000 people. And, and if you're doing that, when you reach those big numbers, yes, your business is obviously going to be more successful because you're just going to be reaching more people. But it doesn't mean you should feel discouraged at all when you're just starting out because that's where everybody started. <laughs> we all started there. With um, you know, I think when I started, I had back in 2012 when I started my uh, newsletter, I had 62 people on my list. It was, it was itty bitty and it was probably mostly family and friends who had no, you know, really just were supporting me because they loved me and no interest in what I was writing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good to have someone listening to you. I think in the very least it's good practice, even if you're just emailing, you know, your husband and your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That consistency piece. That's a big one. Yes, definitely. And is there a, a book that you're currently reading? I'm, I'm usually reading several books. <laughs> I, I tend to chip away at them very slowly, but I love reading just a couple pages from each one every night. So the ones that are, are sitting by my bed right now are um, Think and Grow Rich for Women. I've already read, obviously, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That is a classic. Um, but this one is kind of a revamped edition uh, by Sharon Lecter. And she put a female perspective to it, which um, I think is really great. And it's not just about Napoleon Hill's book was very financially focused, very money focused. And this is about having, yes, money, yes, being financially rich, but um, 
having a rich life in general. So I've been appreciating that. Um, and another one that I am working through is um, the amazing power of deliberate intent. And that's one of the Abraham Hicks books um, by Esther and Jerry Hicks. I've read a number of their books and uh, it's all about the law of attraction and how our energy affects our lives and how we're really the creators of our, our experience. And so I always find that really empowering when I remember that in those moments when maybe I'm feeling a little down that this life isn't happening to me, I'm creating it and it's all a result of what I'm putting out there and, and to, um, to take the power back. That feels really good. I'm sure it feels very comforting too to have mm. that reminder. It's so natural for me to fall into that. What the hell is going on with my life? Why isn't anything <laughs> working? And why is the universe doing this to me? And then, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I make my own choices here. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not so grim. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I will definitely put that on my reading list in addition to in the show notes because it sounds like something that that would be a good reminder for me from time to time. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, last but not least, do you have a tip for someone who's new to business? Maybe they're um, a new yoga teacher who is just getting started, who is trying to grow their business and is trying to do so without selling their soul. Do you have a tip for them that would help them boost profits, but not in a way that sort of feels like an icky used car salesman? I think one of the best things any of us can do is to cultivate and focus on cultivating real relationships. And this is one of those things that you can do whether you have no list <laughs> or thousands of people on your list. It's something that I still do. And that's sending personal emails, sending handwritten notes, you know, sometimes just, you know, getting people on the phone and having a conversation, really letting them know that you care. It makes such a difference and sets you apart. I can't tell you how many of my clients or people who have become clients have, have said, you know, that personal email you sent me made all the difference. Now, everybody is trying to do the automated thing, you know, that we were talking about it earlier, sending those emails out to everyone. But when someone's standing out to you and you think they would be a really good fit for what you're offering, or um, you just feel like you want to connect with them on a deeper level, letting them know that and, and sending a personal email, especially if there's any details about them that you remember maybe from a previous interaction, that can make all the difference. So, you know, thinking with the, the yoga teacher in mind, a great way to increase profits without selling your soul would be to get more private clients. I mean, you make so much more money doing a private rather than teaching a group class. And so thinking about a handful of maybe students you currently have in group classes or students you previously worked with, or even contacts that you have in general, friends, family, acquaintances, neighbors, colleagues that you think might benefit from uh, some one-on-one -on -one time with you in that way and, and inviting them into experiencing it and maybe, you know, giving them, giving them a, a chance to experience it, no cost. So there's, there's no risk there, but I have, I have no doubt if you're talented at what you're doing that they'll be hooked. So I think um, focusing on, on that and realizing that it is worth your time to to go just that little bit extra and it feels so good. You know, we think, Oh, I want this, this business that just works for me. And that would feel so good. Just send out an email and get money back. And that's, that's awesome when that happens, but sometimes it takes a personal touch and it feels really good on both ends on your end and the receiving end of that, of that potential client. 
I could not agree more. It has been the things that I do that do not scale that have had the biggest impact. I like agree. sending those handwritten thank you notes. I mean, <laughs> the first time I sent one, I was like, oh, they may not even notice. I got a phone call. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you sent me a card. I was like, yeah, well, you paid me a lot of money. Like, I sent you a card. They were like totally dumbfounded by that. And it, it was like a light bulb moment. It's like, oh, people are not taking the time to actually connect, even in business transactions. Yeah. And I think you're so right. You need to do things that, that will boost your authenticity and connection with someone. And even if it is just, just a personal email, that you have something of value that you, get, you two can connect, and let, letting them see that in a way that isn't just, here, I'm going to put you in my sales funnel now. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. This has been fabulous. Where can people get more information about you and where can people get that awesome workbook for designing your ideal three-day work week? Sure. Of course, you can uh, find me and also get that workbook at kaylinasher.com. It's C-A-I-L-E-N-A-S-C-H-E-R.com. And there's lots of awesome content there. Like I said, I've been blogging for years, so there's a lot of information there. I also do a monthly show with some really amazing women entrepreneurs. And like, uh, like we mentioned before, that, um, that three-day work week schedule, that will, it gives you all the insight into my schedule and how I break my schedule down, but then also provides you a template to create your own is also there. So you can find all of that. Fabulous. I will link up to all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This has been a delight. Thank you, Esme. It's been a real pleasure.